This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. This week's message was originally given on May 1st, 2022. Our member, Dennis Harbaugh, delivers a message called The Limits of Science. Great to see everybody here in the sanctuary and also those of you on Zoom. I have a confession. They have to be honest and straightforward with you right from the get-go this morning. You know, I have some trepidation about to de- delivering today's message. Uh, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm standing behind the pulpit, as you can see, and that's different for me. I typically like to be down front and be moving around and back and forth, but we didn't want those of you on Zoom to get seasickness from the video camera following me back and forth and all around. So I'm gonna try and stand still behind the pulpit here today, but it's a challenge. And I also have no prop. You know, I always like to have a prop of some kind. So I, so without movement and without a prop, uh, today's message is probably gonna be less entertaining than the uh, Elvis tribute competition going on over in Waterloo at Electric Park Ballroom this morning. I mean, you know, you think, how can you compete with Elvis impersonators on a Sunday morning. I mean, that's a tough assignment. Uh, uh, but, but the main reason I'm feeling trepidatious this morning, and, and actually, I didn't even know if that was a word, so I had to look it up. It actually is a word, and I knew I was feeling it. But the main reason I'm feeling trepidatious is because, as you know, the title of, of this morning's sermon is The Limits of Science. And we have a lot of folks in our congregation that have advanced science degrees in the geological sciences and the environmental science and the biological sciences, the social sciences, political science, computer science. You get the idea. The list goes on and on. And you all know a lot more about science than I do. So if I oversimplify a couple of things this morning, I ask for your forgiveness in advance and know that anything offered here this morning is done in the spirit of the covenant that we spoke together earlier today. Um, To help us all relax, I'd like to just share what today's message is not. It's not an attack on science. It's not an attack on scientists. It's not a justification for the distortion of science. And it's not a defense of individuals who use the excuse of personal freedom to harm the common good by not accepting the fruits of science, such as vaccines. This morning's message is simply an attempt to explore what science is and what it isn't in light of Unitarian Universalist principles. So let's just start with a couple of quick definitions just so we're all on the same page. When I use the word science today, what I'm really talking about is a scientific method. Because if you don't have the scientific method, if you're not using the scientific method, you really don't have science. You may have something, but it's probably not science. And the the simplest definition of the scientific method is just identification of a problem, gathering information about that problem, developing a question that can be answered about that problem, coming up with a hypothesis, somewhat like Gigi and I did there this morning, 
conducting an objective experiment, recording the results, and rinse and repeat, knowledge building on top of knowledge. One of the reasons I so enjoyed Michaela's sermon, which she delivered several months ago, titled Science is Real, is because she, she took that process, and, and science is really a process, and she showed how by applying that process to her own life, all these different aspects of her life, that it made her life better. It improved her life. And I just thought that was, that was so cool. Okay, so with these definitions then, you know, I think we can see science as a tool, right? It's a process. And I want to really suggest this morning, it's nothing more or less than that. And I think most of the scientists among us this morning would, would, could agree with that statement. But the, the challenge we face today is that with the COVID-19 pandemic, skepticism towards science has increased. We all, we all know that. And our nation, as you know, has become very divided. We've all heard some folks say that, you know, the vaccines don't work, that the masks don't work. Um, heck, this last Christmas, uh, when I was out in California with my father-in-law, he informed me that there's a computer chip, a tracking chip in every single COVID-19 vaccine that we received. Yeah, he did. He said it's true. And he said it as though it was an absolute guaranteed fact. And as you can imagine, that led to an interesting discussion. <laughs> well, I'm not sure you could call it a discussion, but. Um, and the reaction to these type of extremes, ideas which question the role of science, you know, has been strong and swift as it should be. You know, progressive and liberal folks have spoken out clearly. Believe the science. Science will save us. So here's a fun challenge. I'm gonna read four numbered quotes. And I want you in your own mind to try and guess what year those quotes were said. Statement number one, in science, no discovery is useless, no curiosity misplaced or too ambitious. And we may be certain that every advance achieved in the quest for pure knowledge will sooner or later play its part in the service of man. Quote number two, science shines forth in all its value as a good, capable of motivating our existence as a great experience of freedom for truth as a fundamental work of service. Quote number three, it's the, one of the biggest promises of science is that the sum of human happiness will be increased, ignorance destroyed, along with prejudice and superstition. And quote number four, it's the clearest telescope through which we can behold the beauty of creation. I wonder what your guesses were as to what year each of those quotes were. As it turns out, one was made in the mid 1800s, another one early 1900s, and the other two fairly recently. And you know, in some ways, they're rosy predictions about the impact of science have come true. You know, over the centuries, the fruits of science have saved lives. 
They have made our lives so much healthier and better. I don't want to go back to live 100 or 200 years ago, have to go down to the Cedar River and cut out a piece of ice every time I want a piece of ice in minus 10 degree weather. I don't need to do that. I milk cows in that weather. I need to, don't need to go down the Cedar River any time I want a piece of ice. You know, the simple life of the old days, eh, not so simple. And highly overrated. Over a billion lives have been saved just from the advances in hybrid seed crops alone. In the 1950s, there were 15,000 cases of polio paralysis. Hasn't been a single case in the United States since 1979. And as you all know, just in the last couple of years, millions of lives have been saved worldwide by the COVID-19 vaccines. Thank goodness for the fruits of science. On the other hand, those quotes about science was predicted with much certainty, I might add, that science would be able to solve all our problems, bring the world together as one, and usher in a global utopia. Yeah. Obviously, they were just plain wrong. So the idea that science will cure all of mankind's and womankind's problems isn't new from its inception. It's been seen as a cure-all, a savior of sorts, if I could use that term, for all that ails us as a species. There's even a term used to describe that tendency, scientism which simply refers to an exaggerated trust in the methods of science as they relate to all other areas of our life. And friends, this is where we need to be cautious. We need to be careful to not romanticize the fruits of science. Because the atom bombs, which killed over 200,000 innocent girls, boys, women, and men in Japan, Partly the fruits of science. Deadly biological germs concentrated and dropped recently on Syrian civilians, maiming hundreds of children. Partly the fruits of science. Digital oppression of the Uyghur minority in the Xinjiang region of China. Partly the fruits of science. I don't need to go on. The list is long. You can make your own list. But it's this current lack of critical thinking about how we see science. How science is being identified by different groups at this time as either all bad or all good. Which concerns me. When someone dismissively says, I don't believe the science. It has no meaning. What, what, what fruits of science are they even talking about? But likewise, if someone declares proudly, I believe in science. And I've heard that a lot from my progressive friends over the last couple of years. Honestly, that doesn't mean anything to me either. And when blanket statements are made that science is inherently good when we subscribe to our own personal version of scientism, then we're coming dangerously close to slipping into the realm of, hold on to your hat, Religious belief. Oh, did I mention earlier that, that one of the quotes I read earlier 
was not extolling the benefits of science, but was declaring the benefits that religious belief could bring to the world. Oops. It's kind of ironic. We tend to think of science on one hand and religion on the other at opposite ends of some you know, imaginary spectrum. When in reality, history has proven that the fruits from both science and religion have at times brought out the best of what we're capable of as humans, but they've also brought out the worst of who we can be, resulting in the ugliest type of devastation and destruction of human life imaginable. It's so important we not confuse tools and values. We've identified science as a tool. Is it a value? I think not. There's a reason science is not listed as one of the seven Unitarian Universalist principles that are, we post up on our wall that we try to live out, incorporate into our life every day. It's not a value to be embraced like compassion, empathy, equity, or the democratic process for that matter. When someone says, I believe in compassion, I know what that means. That, that, that statement has meaning. Now their life may or may not reflect that value, but that statement has meaning. Now, to be fair, some among us might say, well, science is a search for truth with a capital T. And therefore, it fits very nicely under UU principle number four, which is a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Uh, to that I say, eh, sometimes maybe. Um, yes, for example, if you're trying to unlock the mysteries of the universe, you know, with no other ulterior motive, Good luck trying to find funding for that, by the way. And sometimes no, when experiments are focused on identifying the next generation of weapons to more effectively and efficiently destroy human life. What we circle around to here, and really the point of today's message, is that science is a tool. Nothing more, nothing less. In the past, its fruits have been used for good and evil. Currently, its fruits are being used for good and evil. And in the future, its fruits will be used for good and unfortunately for evil. To modify a quote from Bruce Schneer, if we think science can solve all our problems, we don't understand science and we sure don't understand our problems. So in the end, Science is what we make of it. What you and I and all of us together do with what we learn from science that matters most. Because of that, we shouldn't be focused on singing the praise of this tool or that tool. We shouldn't be singing the praise of the values and the principles and the public policies which put those tools to good use. During the 1960s civil rights movement, many folks felt that things were moving too quickly. They approached black leaders and said, slow down, 
slow down. There's a new generation, a younger generation coming along. These problems will gradually resolve over time. Martin Luther King Jr. responded to them and pointed out that the passage of time alone does not inherently lead to good or bad outcomes. There's no guarantee of progress over time. It's what we do with the time that we have that matters. And he said that then, and I think, I think the fruits of science are a lot like that. Advances in science don't guarantee human progress. It's what we do with science that matters. Now, some of us have experiences which science can't yet explain. And that's okay. I mean, arguably, science has been uh, more successful conquering outer space and those things around us outside than things inside us, such as human consciousness. And that's okay. That's all right. I mean, it, it's okay to live with mystery, to live with the unknown. It can be fun. I'd like to think we could get to a point sometime where scientists and non-scientists could agree that something may exist and may be real, even though its existence can't yet be proven by the scientific method, which has its own shortcomings, of course. So in closing, let's embrace science. We can do that. We can embrace science. But more importantly, let's prioritize the values and principles which, which define us as caring human beings. Compassion, empathy, forgiveness, love, honesty, and justice for all. And then let's apply those values to science, to religion, to our relationships, and to all aspects of our life. As Unitarian Universalists, and more importantly, as members of the larger global community, this is our mission. And this is our greatest challenge. Amen, and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors to attend our online services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.